So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. All right, Jake, uh, Jake, I can't pronounce Jake's last name, but anyways, Jake, Jake gave a five-star review here and he says, his, his uh, tagline is episode 801, best podcast I've listened to in a very, very, very long time. Awesome insight. And I'm buying the little red book right after this comment. Keep putting out awesome content. He's talking about 801, which is a Jeffrey Gittimer. Yes, one of my favorites. Jeffrey Gittimer, if you haven't heard 801, listen to it. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. What's up, Rockstar Nation? My name is Ian Lobos, and I'm filling in for Pat Hyben today. And on our show today, we have an amazing young agent out of the suburbs of Chicago, Megan Beachin, and she is rocking out. She's a 30 under 30 winner from NAR with Realty Executives, and Megan's going to share a ton about her success. She's been in the business five years. She's doing extremely well. So really, for all you new agents out there, Megan's going to give us a ton of data and information on how to take action today, how to increase your business. And then for you experienced agents, I've already talked to Megan a bunch and she's going to add a lot of value to your current business to help you scale. So without further ado, Megan, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be on. Big fan of Real Estate Rockstars. Listen to it for probably about a year now. So a little starstruck when I got asked to, <laughs> to be on it myself. That's um, awesome. But Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and thank you for everything that you guys have provided to me. You've had some really cool people on here. So I'm excited Absolutely. to be a part of that. <laughs> so let's jump right in, Megan. Like, I want to know about you. Let's tell the audience about you, your background, how you got into real estate. Like, what's that whole path look like for you and, and why? Yeah, absolutely. So it all started when I was in school. I went to DePaul University and I was studying management. And I wasn't really in love with it. Nothing was really sticking. I love business, but you know, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So come junior year, we have to get an internship. And um, the whole thought of like going out there and getting an internship and interviewing was really, uh, really hard for me because I was at that time, probably the shyest person you'll ever meet. And um, so I was talking about it with my family, my now mother-in-law, um, she's been a realtor for about 15 years. And she's like, why don't you just help me out. You could be my assistant. We can kind of, you know, make you an intern. And so I was like, yeah, why not? I don't have to go out there and interview. So um, again, I was super nervous about interviewing, which is funny now because that's pretty much all I do. Right. right. Um, you know, with sellers. So what were you nervous about with interviewing? You know what? I just, I don't know. I was just, I was just scared of the whole process meeting, you know, going into a new company and meeting with people. I don't know. Honestly, I was just nervous to, um, to, I don't know, be impressive and which is, 
which is kind of sad, but I just, my confidence wasn't there. My yeah. shyness took over. Um, well, that's a, it's a basic human fear, right? Like not being good enough, not being liked, yeah. you know, that's, so that's, that's totally normal. Yeah, I guess. And I really let it, you know, control that aspect of me. And so I, and also I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what kind of company I'd even intern with, you know, at that point I was pretty, um, pretty clueless as far as where I was going to take my career. How, how old were you so, at that time? I was a junior, sophomore, junior in college. So what, like my 19, 18, 19. Okay. Got it. So and don't get me wrong, like my work ethic is there. I was working two jobs while doing school full time. Nice. Um, so I was like working nonstop, like work ethic has never been an issue for me. It's just meeting people, which right. is whatever. So anyway, you know, my, my now mother-in-law, she's like, come work for me. You can be my assistant. And, you know, so I was at that time I had absolutely no desire to be a realtor. I was like, Oh yeah, this isn't for me. But I started working with her. I started taking over a lot of her marketing a lot of her client retention and getting new clients and um, prospecting and everything. And I was like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Like, kind of cool. I could, I could do this myself. And let's so talk about that. Up, for, let me just ask you a quick question while you're talking about client retention. I know a lot of agents have that challenge. How are you, like, what kind of systems, what kind of strategies were you using for client retention? So for Kathy, I was, um, I actually, <laughs> I thought of like, you know, during the fall, one year we um, went to a pumpkin patch and we got a bunch of pumpkins and I decorated them yeah. and I put a little sign in them that said, thank you so much for being a client. Please keep me in mind, you know? And like, I decorated them really nice. They were beautiful. And then we'd go and drop them off to our clients. Yeah. And so it was just a matter of like, what can I do to, to stay in touch with her clients? And again, you know, I, I didn't do it as passionately as I do now because they weren't my clients. Right. Um, but just little things like that, like, you know, what can I do to kind of step outside the box? And um, so that's kind of where it started for me. And I started to realize that like, you know, I could do this for myself. I could, all these things that I'm doing for Kathy, I could, you know, create on my own and, and I could be really good at this. So I ended up dropping the management um, degree and I picked up real estate. So I ended up double majoring real estate and marketing and I graduated on a Sunday afternoon and I was in my pre-licensing class Monday morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> nice. So I did, I did the accelerated one. I was in it for a week, eight to five, um, took my test and just literally hit the ground running. Yeah. I think I, well, I officially started in July of 2014 and I had done about four transactions by the time December came around. So I really kind of took off running. Sure. I, I, I was blessed because I already knew the MLS. I already knew how to interact with clients, how to market, how to yeah. look for expireds for sale by owners. So I just jumped in and I did that 24-7 nonstop. Everything was real estate, every aspect of my life. So that was kind of how I started. And obviously, you know, the years that followed, I just kind of kept going. And in the last two, three years, um, I've kind of broadened my horizons within the industry. And I've yeah. I've really kind of shifted to being really involved at my association. Um, so I'm on our young professionals network. I'm on the government affairs committee. I'm on the education advisory committee. I do a lot within the industry and sure. I think that that's only really helped me kind of grow and expand that way too. So um, you recommend that for agents that are kind of, you know, they're in the business, but they're kind of not in the business, like to get more involved with your local board. Yeah. Yes, okay. I do so much, especially like I'm going to touch on YPN for a second, Young Professional Network. 
Um, I'm a huge advocate for YPN because new agents and even people who are newer to the business, they don't know where to start, right? And sometimes you don't have the mentors. Like I was blessed. I had two very good mentors, um, my mother-in-law, obviously, and then another agent in our office who's still to this day the most successful agent that I know. She just kind of took me under her wing. And so having those mentors was great, but I understand that not everybody has that. So um, it's kind of a, a, a way to be a mentor for people who yeah. are just starting out and giving them education and giving them networking and letting them kind of ask their questions. And so it's so beneficial for, for new. And it's that. also beneficial for people who are in it. You know, I, I still get things from the seminars that we do. And obviously there's a lot of takeaway for, I think any agent in sure. any phase of their business. But Wait, were you, were you married in college? No. Okay. You said mother-in-law. Um, so like, okay. She's now my mother-in-law. I actually, we, my husband and I started dating in eighth grade. So. Got it. Okay. I mean, so you kind of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Been in the family for a very long time. But, I just want to um, get that cleared up. Yeah. So, so then. Get married in college. So then um, <laughs> your, you started building your business. How did you start building your business? What were you going after? Were you doing Fizzbos and Expireds? Yeah. It started with that. I, so what I pride myself on is from the beginning, I really did treat it like a business. I right. knew this what was like a startup. Mean? What's that mean exactly? Well, you know, I, I didn't expect to get anything out of it for the first year or so. I had very realistic expectations. I was like, you know, I might not have a check for six to nine months, you right. know? And I, so before starting, I had saved up a lot of money. I was waitressing. So I had a, a pretty good nest egg saved up for the cost that I knew, you know, cause I didn't have anything. I, I needed to buy all my signs, my suits, my GPS, my computer, everything. Like I started from scratch and you have to have a lot of money to invest in this from the get go. Right. So I really did kind of start, you know, start up with that mindset. Like this is a, this is a brand new business and I have to really work at it to see any kind of return, you know, especially in that first couple of years. Sure. So, that's uh that's definitely how I treated it and I think that that was a really good thing. All right, Megan, so I want you to tell our audience a little bit more about your business. Your volume last year, how many houses did you sell? So, in the last um 12 months, so from June to June, I sold 36 units. Okay. Transactions and it totaled 10.1. For all of 2018, I did about 8.3, so I'm on track to do better than I did last year. Hopefully. And uh, yeah. And then like GCI wise, you're comfortable talking about that. Like what's your gross commissions on that? Totally. It's, um, it's, it was <laughs> just under 200 K. Um, okay. it was about 189 last year in 2018. So again, hoping to get that up a little bit. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Cause at 10 million making less than 200,000 and you're, you're not on a team. It's just you just to clarify. Mm -hmm. So your splits are less than 2% or your um, commission is less than 2%? No, I typically, yeah, I don't know. Do you know what your profit margin was? Like after all expenses? It was, yeah, 60%, not including my salary, my salary that yep. I pay myself. So my expenses were somewhere around 73. Now, again, I did... Well, maybe that's why there's a mix-up because I did 8.3 in 2018. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, sorry. Got it. But Got in it. the last 12 months, right. um, I've done, you know, I calculated, you know, June to June. 
Sure, sure. And that's 10.1. But in okay. all of 2018, it was 8.3. <laughs> uh, it makes more sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then are you <laughs> handling, you're handling buyers and listings? You just do them buyers? What's your, what's your split there? Both. Um, I do about, last year in 2018, I calculated it was about 58% sellers. Got it. And I think so far this year, it's about 64, but obviously that could even out. Um, I do like to keep a, an even mix. I think, um, well, I, I genuinely enjoy working with buyers and with sellers. I'm really yeah. good at um, working with sellers. I will say I, I, I just, I get it. And I, I think I do really good marketing and I really go to bat for the sellers. So that part of it kind of comes easy to me. Sure. Working with buyers is challenging, but it's also so rewarding. It's, I know. You know, like working with people and moving them into the place that's going to be like the backdrop of their lives. Like every single you know, their home, giving them that home feeling like sure. there's nothing better than that. So I love working with buyers too. And I think staying on top of working with both sellers and buyers kind of keeps me relevant in both. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I can sit down and talk to a seller and say, this is what the buyers are looking for. I just had last week, you know, this is what my buyer mentioned to me and, and vice versa. When I'm presenting offers, I can say, this is what a seller wants to see in your offer, you exactly. know, Exactly. and I think it's, it's a healthy mix. So. So you'd recommend to, to agents out there that they do a healthy mix of both. That way they know what the other side is expecting and or going to be bringing. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. But it's not for everyone because some people, you know, really do like they hate working with buyers. So I don't necessarily recommend you work with buyers if you hate it because you're not <laughs> doing anybody any good. But I think if you can, if you love working with buyers too, then yeah, a healthy mix just keeps you relevant. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. So besides that, why else do you love this business? Like, Why do you stay in this business? Oh my gosh. It's so many reasons. I started and I never looked back. I, it is the perfect career for me and I think so many other people. I love being my own boss. But that again is not for everybody. Like you got to wake yourself up in the morning and you got to get going and right. drive yourself. And I was, I was never a person who had a boss needed to kind of tell me what to do. I would always do it and excel. And, you know, so being my own boss is just so rewarding for me. And um, they, they say, you know, oh, you get to make your own hours. I ended up working 24 seven, honest to God. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot um, of us do in the beginning. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, since then, now that I've got more of like a, my business has shifted more to referrals and I've kind of off, you know, I've kind of, you know, what, what am I off sourced? Outsourced. Outsourced. 
outsourced. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, <laughs> I've kind of outsourced the whole farming. I still do it, but I don't, I have assistants who does it. But since then I've been able to kind of do things that I, tr- I love to travel. So my husband and I, we went to New Zealand last year and we nice. you know, camped in New Zealand. Like you can't do that with most, with most careers. No. You can't just take off two weeks and, and work, you know, from a camper van in New Zealand. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. That. I, yeah. So I just love the flexibility. I love being my own boss. I just, and I love that there's no cap on how, you know, how much what you, you can make? do. I could literally, if I want to work, put way more time in than I already do, I could, you know, double my business and, you know, there's no one stopping me. So sure. it's a really cool, really cool aspect in my opinion. You mentioned something about like, you got to get yourself up, up in the morning and push yourself and get and drive yourself. I want to ask you real quick what's your, what's your morning routine look like? Like, what is your, what do you do for personal development? How do you, how do you grow yourself? So give me your typical mirror, your typical morning routine. And then what do you do? Like books and podcasts, obviously you listen to real estate rock stars. Like what else do you do to grow yourself? Good question. I'm kind of still developing that. I'm <laughs> full disclaimer. I am not a morning person. Like, anybody <laughs> who knows me knows that. So like, I'm not your person who's waking up at five or six and like, you know, meditating and reading and then, you know, working out. That's not me. (laughs) Um, So I wake up and I I try and, you know, I take me time, obviously. And then I just jump right into it. I'll answer phone calls, emails. And then, you know, podcasts are huge for me. Um, I like to read, but it's not always easy to do or, you know. Are you audible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then like the podcast, I kind of alternate, you know, four or five different podcasts and every day I, get in the car and I listen to my podcast. I have my coffee, listen to my podcast and it puts me in a space. So like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tackle this day. And sometimes, you know, I, it's non real estate related too. I listen to a lot of motivational podcasts. Right now I'm listening to, why is it escaping me? You mentioned Deepak Chopra. I do listen to, listen to that one. Cool. I listen to that one yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, I love just stepping outside of, of the routine and yep. just like, you know, reserving a space for like, you know, expanding myself spiritually and, yeah. and being a better person. So it's not just real estate related. That is one thing that I've incorporated into my mornings lately that I'm kind of digging. So I love you know, that. You know, like it's, that. it's, what do you think about work-life balance? Like there's a, everybody talks about it, you know, in the real estate business, we, we both know, and a lot of people listening know that, Something, a lot of times you don't have that. You have to make it or it will run you. It'll run you all day long. I mean, yes. look, at, look at, look at how many times we got interrupted on this call because I've got emergency, you know, settlements. It's crazy. So yeah. like, how do you balance, how do you balance your life? Like, how do you make sure that you've got enough me time and enough work time? So having things to look forward to like traveling for me is huge. Just planning a trip, setting aside that time and knowing, you know, in October, I'm going to be gone for two weeks because I'm going to be traveling. You know, it's something for me to look forward to. It helps me go, 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 go beforehand. And, but also having a good support system is everything. My husband, he's a firefighter, so he works one day and is off too. Um, and so he's home a lot, and, but he gets it and he totally respects, you know, my career. And I can't be successful unless I'm answering the phone sometimes at yeah, eight, yeah. nine, if I'm negotiating a deal. So if you don't have somebody who supports you in that way, that's, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, sure. But lately I've been kind of stepping back a little bit. I do try and when I get home, um, cause I don't usually get home from the office until like seven thirty, seven seven thirty. I will put my phone in my bedroom and just leave it there. 
and I'll check on it every hour or so maybe. But you know what? I've come to find that the world doesn't end when I don't answer the phone right. every second that it rings, especially right. after seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Like, you know, so I kind of separate myself and give myself me time and, you know, we'll have dinner, we'll watch shows, drink wine, whatever. Um, but my phone is, is not right there blown right. up, you know. How do you, um, I noticed that in the beginning I would take calls. I took calls at 2 a.m. once. I took a call at 2 a.m. once and my wife said to me like, that's out of control. People should not (laughs) be calling you at 2 a.m. But I think there's a fear that a lot of agents run with is that kind of like we talked about in the beginning that they're going to be replaced. So they're not going to be good enough or they have Mm -hmm. to be there for their client at all times. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you prep your clients to let them know? Like, hey, these are my, this is my schedule. But I know that telling them your schedule is one thing, but I want to know specifically for those agents that are getting run around by their clients, how do you prep them? How do you talk to them? What do you let them know about your schedule to respect it? Yeah, I do tell them right off the bat, look, I am going to make myself as available as I can always. Um, I know how important it is for you. And it's a, you know, it's a stressful process for them. So I get that when they're texting me at nine, 10 o'clock, you know, it's something that's been running around their mind for a while at that point. And sure. um, so I respect that. But I do say, you know, I, I don't tell them set hours. I never say I'm not the agent who's like, uh, you know, you can call me nine to five, Monday through Friday, because there are some agents in our market who will put, you know, in the remarks, like any offers presented after five, or, Maybe you know, on the weekend. Day. Yeah, right. Um, Why not do that? I, you know what, I kind of feel like, I mean, our business is not nine to five. And it's certainly not only Monday through Friday. And I, I don't want to, you know, make anybody mad, but (laughs) um, I don't really feel like we're doing our clients the best service that we can, you know, sell our clients or buy our clients. If we, if we have that mindset, I, you know, it's not a nine to five. It's not a Monday through Friday. If that's what you want, you know, maybe you should be doing something else that is more structured like that. But, you know, we're, we have to be on when our clients are off and, um, I don't really think that it's fair to the clients to work those hours when they might not be available. And then, you know, and with presenting offers and stuff, what if you don't respond to a buyer who submitted an offer on Friday and right. I and then they that. go and see another house on Sunday and retract their offer, you yes. know, when you could have had that all negotiated and worked out Saturday. Um, so I sometimes think that it can lead to, you know, not doing our clients the best service, but you also have to, you know, have respectable boundaries so that you can give your best to your clients. You know? Absolutely. So it's a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for business? What are your, what's your sources of business? So obviously you're like kind of 50, 50 listings and buyers. What's your biggest source of business and how do you get so, that? Um, not to touch too much on sphere of influence because I know everybody obviously works their sphere, but I do think that I have some, um, some different ways of going about my sphere that I think have, because, my sphere of influence is, is most of my business at this right. point. Um, I really, really, really try to do everything that I can to um, serve those clients who have trusted me. So I'm constantly thinking, what else can I do for them? How can I thank them? How can I stay in front of them? You know, what can I do? So um, for anybody who maybe read the 30 under 30 in the Realtor Magazine, my, my whole piece was about my Thanksgiving pies, which, right. you know, the whole thing was about my pies. Obviously I do a lot more than just deliver pies, but um, that's one thing that I do. And I've done since 
I started my very first year is during Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving, I'll get a bunch of pies from Costco. I'll wrap them up in cellophane. I'll put like a really pretty thank you note and my business card and, and a pretty bow. And I will quite literally drive all over the state for three, four days to every past client that's still in the state. I've had a lot of clients move out of state. Um, right. in Illinois kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it makes this manageable. So it's so rewarding to like stop and see my clients that I may have worked with four years ago. I get to see the house. They want to show me what they've done. Their kids have grown. Like it's just, it's like such a cool thing for me to, uh, to kind of step back and say like, Oh, I like that. Thank you for your business. Yeah. And it's simple enough too. Right. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's starting to grow into bigger than I can manage. But, um, but yeah, last year I, I got 75 pies, I think. And I pick them up on a Sunday, I put them all together and then I load them up in my car and I route it by like areas and I just drive and like, it's just awesome. And I think that, you know, my clients remember me by that, you know, they know now every Thanksgiving I'm right, going to stop by and give them a pie and it's kind of cool. So things like that. Um, I also, I'm doing my first client appreciation event this summer. Um, which I'm really excited about. And I have, <laughs> I just recently created like a private Facebook group for my past clients um, where I'll post, like if somebody needs a recommendation for, you know, a professional, I can post that. I can post, you know, relevant articles. I don't spam them by any means, but it's actually kind of cool. One of my clients who's looking for a place just posted in there a couple of weeks ago about a specific town. And two of my clients who had lived in that town um, were commenting all the highlights of what they love about that place. And so it's become interactive. And so I'm just overall, like I spend so much time trying to think of how I can serve those past clients, you know, for the repeat business is huge. And then the referrals and all that. So spend a lot of time on that. Sure. Um, aside from that, I do a lot, a lot, a lot of farming. I very non-intrusive. I'm not the door knocking type. I think it's amazing for those agents who can get out there and door knock. It's so impressive. But again, going back to, you know, at, at the, you know, at my heart, I'm a pretty introverted, shy person. So, um, the idea of the most, you think that most agents are, cause I'm like that too. We we have an extroverted actor side. Mm -hmm. When we go home, it's like, down and we're just (laughs) chilling. Don't call me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to network. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, you know, somebody else say that. (laughs) I can be, you, you know, you see me in my work day and with clients and you would literally think that I am the most outgoing. I can talk to anybody. I, you know, and that like, that is me now First, me, when I first started real estate, it is a complete, you know, 360 shift. It's just, I'm I'm nowhere near the the person I was then, which I'm grateful for, but So door knocking was never like, I was like, what else can I do to like provide value to these, you know, these homeowners I'm trying to target? What can I do in a very non-intrusive way? So um, I got into to creating postcards and I don't do just like chintzy little, you know, shitty little postcards. I do. Right. I, don't know if I can swear. Sorry. About that. It's, it's the internet. You do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, but I make big, you know, 10 by seven glossy professional looking postcards about whatever just listed, just sold, you know, here's 
the market activity in your specific subdivision and I send them out via every door direct mail and I spend no less than a thousand to fifteen hundred per postcard campaign. A month? Oh, not just a month, just per campaign. So okay. I probably do two a month. Okay. Probably. So, you know, I spend a lot of money with it, but I've had really good returns. And, um, and then another thing that I do is like composing kind of a market overview for that specific subdivision and then mailing it out to every house with a letter like, here's what's going on in your market in case you were curious. And don't get me wrong, it's expensive. It's probably like 250 per package. Yeah. Um, not including like printing or anything like that, just mailing. $2.50. Yeah. How big yeah. is your farm? Sorry. <laughs> Pretty big. I, yeah, probably. Okay. Um, I do, I don't refine myself just geographically or just one style of home. I really do try to keep a broad perspective. Sure. I, I market different neighborhoods and different towns, different styles, different price points. Um, and then I just really hit them hard. So it's, it's broad, but at the same time, you know, I feel like if I'm consistent with it, you know, it doesn't matter that it's not my, that's the key though, market. isn't it? Consistency is definitely the key. How'd you pick your totally. farm? Um, I started with like, you know, the subdivisions that I worked, like I'd have sales in for buyers, right? So I could send out like, a, I just sold this. And then that kind of, you know, becomes one of my farms. Mm. Um, but I do some subdivisions that are close to my home. I do some subdivisions that are close to my office, different towns. Yeah. And I kind of just like, I'll go on the MLS and I'll see, you know, in the last three months in all of, you know, this town, where have the most sales been happening? What subdivision has had the most activity? And then I'll add them to the list. But again, either I've sold in there, I've listed in there, or, you know, if I need, if I'm thinking of a new place, then I might go to the MLS, but. That's awesome. I love it. Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up. Six steps to seven figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that if taken will almost guarantee seven figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow. Thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999 and I'll send you a free book. So let me ask you something. There's a there's an agent right now listening to this that is just getting started, or they're or they're they've been in six months and they're like, man, I don't know about this. I haven't gotten a sale. I don't know what to do. Maybe they're at a brokerage that really doesn't train them, which is a lot of brokerages, frankly. And you know, like, what's a a, a great piece of advice? I mean, you're like high caliber. I mean, thirty under thirty is no joke. That's national. So just for anybody who's wondering, you know, Megan is is like I said in the beginning, a, a national association of realtor a realtor's 30 under 30 winner. So this is high caliber. So what, what do you think somebody can do right now? Like literally today, they're listening to the podcast at 8 a.m. and they get into their office and they go, take an action. What's that look like? 
put together one of those market overviews, pick a subdivision, create a, just a general market summary. Keep it, you know, no more than 10 pages, probably show them what's been selling and what's active in their market. Type up a letter like, Hey, I'm, I work your neighborhood. I'd be, you know, honored to have you a chance to interview, put in your realtor profile and mail that out. Yes. It's costly, but this business is costly. If you want to succeed, you have Can to they door knock it. They can door knock it. Yeah. But, costly. you know, you got to leave it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but you got to leave it at the door, you know, um, if you, if they don't answer, which probably most won't. Sure. Um, so yeah, door knock it, but yeah, just put together valuable information that people, you know, I get calls like, Hey, I'm not looking to sell, but this information, like, I'm, thank you so much. Like, yeah. I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to keep your name. So there have been people who have called me two years later, like got your, you know, packet two years ago. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, I'm looking to sell now. Would love to interview with you kind of thing. So they, it does go a long way. So yes, it's expensive, but do that. You know, that requires no, um, it's printing. You don't have to have, yeah, it's just printing. You don't yeah. have to have like a whole bunch of experience behind you or awards or certifications. You know, you just got to hear some valuable information. I'm here if you need me. What's your frequency? How far do you go back? Is it a year? And then what's your frequency to deliver it? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it every month? Every year. I'll do oh, them once a year. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's, about, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. No, and um, I think I calculated it since 2017. I think I've sent out 5,500. Okay. packages total so you know most subdivisions are somewhere between that 300 to 500 sweet spot yeah. but yeah how do you work how do you deal with fear because that's something that i think you know that agent that we're talking about right now maybe not the experienced agent but like even i think even experienced agents they're going to deal with fear because they're human like yeah. that experienced agent that just heard you say that and they're like Oh, but I don't have any money. Oh, but I don't want a door knock. Oh, but like, how do you deal with fear? How do you get through it? Fake it till you make it. Like, <laughs> this business is so much like, yeah, you can have all the training in the world, but if you haven't actually been through a deal, it's so daunting. Like, it doesn't matter. You could have read every book and listened to every, you know, podcast and everything. It doesn't matter until you go out there and do it. So, you know, there are things, and I'm sure experienced agents, know this too, you know, that they don't know, you know, they might come across something that they've never dealt with. Sure. And even the most experienced agents come across that. So honestly, you just have to let your clients know, like, if I don't know something, I'm going to find out for you don't lie. But you know, it's all comes from you, the confidence that you expel, your clients will pick up on that. So just absolutely kind of with financially, you know, make yourself feel like you have money, and then you won't think about money, you know, make it Get a nice suit and show up and, you know, like appear to be the professional and it'll, yep. you know, I love that. eventually you make it. Fake. Yeah. You have to, you really have to, you can't, you do. I mean, look at a, look at a, a, a doctor when they're new, look at like mm -hmm. serious professionals that just cannot fail, you know, with, especially with people, with animals, you, you got to fake it till you make it. Did you ever have anybody when you were new, did you ever have anybody ask you how long have you been in the business and it made you like really nervous? Like, Oh yeah. What'd you so say? That's a really good thing to touch on. Um, when I started and I still don't do this in any of my print marketing, I do not use my photo. So the only time I'll use my photo is in social media marketing. Um, aside from that, because you know, obviously when I just started, I was 22. You know, if I had my face on that postcard, somebody's going to look at that and be like, yeah, great information, but you know, she's a little young. So I didn't ever want to have to deal with that. And so I wanted the first time that they have that, you know, 
thought in their head to be when I'm meeting them. And by then I'm bombarding them with so much, you know, knowledge and preparation that that thought just disappears. So I prepare, you know, really thorough presentations for every listing appointment I go on. I just, I know what I'm doing and what I'm talking about. And once they kind of get that from me, they don't ever think about my age. And that's gotten me to where I am because it's really hard to convince, you know, somebody who's two, three times your age, you know, Hey, I'm going to handle your most important investment. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just got out of college and you know, like, you got to completely just, right. Exactly. So if you don't, you know, again, it comes from you. If you don't feel like you can do it, they're going to read that all over your face instantly. You have to have the confidence and show up. And again, like I said, be professional. Like I am such a proponent for professionalism in the industry. It's, it's like all I talk about at the association. Um, but show up in a suit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have one or two suits and that's it. Cause you can't afford it, whatever, but show up in that suit and, you know, really prove that you're a professional. You got to right. prove your value. You know, they're going to be paying us a lot of money to do what we're doing and, you know, look the part. So I would always dress and act professionally and show up and know your stuff. And eventually so like know the numbers, know the neighborhood, know the, know the listing presentation and know what questions your seller's about to ask. You know, what's really, really cool is in, in my listing presentation, I put all the seller objections and all the frequently asked questions on the first page. Mm -hmm. I literally, I literally will do my tour through the house. Let's sit at the kitchen table and then I turn my book around and go, all right, cool, let's get started. I just want to know if you have any of these, we can just get them right out of the way. And in there is like, <laughs> you're, what's your commission? Mm-hmm. Uh, will, you, will you discount? Like, what do you do for marketing? All, all that stuff. We're thinking about selling it ourselves, everything. And that That's way awesome. <laughs> you make the, you know, sort of the, the um, gorilla in the room that's like sort of spoken in the corner, mm-hmm. you bring that to light and it diffuses the power yeah. of those objections once you get through 30 minutes of your listing presentation, mm-hmm. you know? And that's then at that point, yeah. And then at that point you can say, and then when the seller says, okay, well, I like all this, how much is it going to cost me? You go, oh, I, I thought you didn't have a question about that. And then you can mm-hmm. kind of joke about it instead of you getting mm-hmm. like slammed in the face with like, um, and now you're like, oh, oh to get this, I got a discount because they like me. But I, I always right. tell the agents, literally walk into listing appointment and say, do you want to talk about commission up front? And then they I go, yeah. And you go, cool. I'm not going to, because I want you to see my value first. And I promise you we're going to talk <laughs> about commission. <it." laughs> That's awesome. You know? I love that. And you know, you have like going off of that, you have to be in, co- in control of the situation. Control, because yeah. I've met with every kind of seller there is. I know the type, you know, where all they want to know is what, how, what's the lowest I can get your commission. And right. you know what? Like you have to control it. You have to go in there and prove your worth and take hold of the conversation so that they know that they're not in control of the, because if they feel they're in control of the conversation and you, you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, then that's the time that you're like, Oh God, do I need to reduce my commission? You know? Why? Right. Right. Like, no, have a plan, stick to it, treat every listing appointment the same and go in there and take charge of that appointment. You know, totally. to them that you are the expert. A hundred percent. There's another tactic. Like if somebody's like, yeah, I, I would absolutely go with you today if you take a percent off and I'll say, cool. If I give, what do you give? And they'll say, <laughs> what do you mean? I'll say, do you have two houses to sell? And they'll say, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'll tell you right now, it's actually how I learn about a lot of, a lot of investment properties that you really just kind of don't know about from like from within my sphere 
if you don't, obviously you don't ask. And they're like, oh, actually, I was thinking about selling my rental. You know, we're moving out of state. Well, I tell you Perfect. what, <laughs> hook me up on this. And I go, I, I'll hook you up on both. Did you give me both listings? And now, now you just kind of doubled your, doubled your take, which yeah. is awesome. And everybody's winning. Mm-hmm. What is, um, what is, uh, oh, you know what? I, I wanted to tell you the first time I was standing in an open house and somebody said to me, you know, you seem to know your stuff. How long have you been in this business? And I said, you know, some days it feels like forever. And I started <laughs> that. And at my first nice. party, <laughs> the, I said, like, I've been in business a year and I want to thank you. I had done really well my first year. I want to thank all of you because, I've, you know, it's my first year in business. And, and like five people came up to me and they were like, what do you mean it's your first year? And, and they're like, you told me. And I said, I told you some days it feels like forever. <laughs> and they were That's like, awesome. you know, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about how you deal with um, pain in your business. Like what's the number, what's the biggest source of pain in your business? And it can't be like clients or paperwork. <laughs> I mean, it can't be paperwork um, and I want to know your systems around it, but mm-hmm. like what's, what's the biggest source of pain you have? Well, honestly, originally it was time management, you know, okay. making sense of that work-life balance. But I think that I've kind of gotten a hold of that. And honestly, the biggest source of pain, I would say, is the unprofessional agents out there that you got to deal with. Absolutely. Um, It makes all of us, you know, just, it brings us all down. Don't they say that like a rising tide lifts all, all ships? Yep. I think that's so relevant in, in our job. It's just because, you know. Dealing like we in our market, I don't know if this is everywhere, but we've had a lot of agents accessing properties without appointments, you know, going and using the central life box and just letting themselves in because they know that it's vacant. And um, there's a lot of just like unprofessionalism going on, right. and in the way that they, you know, you know, I, I just it's 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 definitely an issue, and it makes us look not like the professionals that we need sure. to to come off as. Um, how do you fix that pain though? I mean, actually, let me, let me, let me give you another question within there. So how do you fix that pain point? One, cause that's, that's worldwide. You're always going to have mm-hmm. people that don't take their job seriously. They're in it for the money. They just mm-hmm. are collecting checks. They, they cannot get themselves to be professionals, but then you have the other side, which is extreme professionals and people that make us look amazing. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the real estate business is going? Like you've been in five years, you're in a pretty major market with the iBuyer program and a lot of stuff like it, it, online is almost everything. Social media presence, branding online, websites. Where do you think the business is going? And then how does that solve our problem to get just the agents that are bottom barrel out of the way? Yeah. Um, well, that kind of ties into like why I'm so involved in my association and um, Young Professionals Network. Like we have to be starting from the beginning, you know, right. because when these agents are are first getting their license and they don't have the training that they need and they're going off and creating really, really bad habits and then teaching others about their bad habits. Like we got to just like stop it, you know, from the very beginning, like we need more training as soon as they get their license, you know, what, what can we do to teach them what they really, really need to be, to be doing and how to act professionally. Cause obviously everyone knows, you know, our licensing is all about, you know, the legal aspects of our job and, and all of that, which is extremely important, but it's also, you know, they don't really touch on like how to interact professionally, how, you know, like, so really tackling that from the beginning, because honestly, in the future, I think that old school mentality, you know, the salesy real estate agent is, is going to kind of just 
drop off. You have to be, you know, an expert, you have to be professional, you have to be all of these things, because we are no longer the information holders. Everybody knows that, you know, when we interact with our clients, they might know more about a property than we do, because they've scoured the internet to find out, you know, everything that they can. So kind of like, you know, we have to to change and to prove our value outside of that. And the agents that are still hanging on to that kind of model, I mean, I know agents in my market who still say, uh, we don't show listings that aren't our own. That's not going to... so stupid. So stupid. And also a disservice to your clients. Well, but, yeah, it's um, a disservice to the public in general. Yeah, absolutely. But that kind of like mentality, it, I see it dying off and it needs to die. Like we need yeah. to be shifting into not only, you know, yes, we have the information, but we're the advocate, you know, we're going to teach you, we're going to be here, we're going to support you. And then outside of the transaction, what are we going to do? Like, I'm a part of the government affairs committee, we go to the Capitol every year, and we lobby for issues that are affecting homeowners right now in our state. And so it's like, what am I providing to my clients inside and outside of the transaction? You know, you have to be an advocate all around. So that I think is huge for us. And I think we really have to work on, you know, spreading that, that knowledge and helping out the new agents, you know, the competitive mindset. We're like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, the people, the agents out there who are like, Oh, I can't let you shadow me because you're going to learn all my secrets. Like, do you have a lot of agents like that around you? Yeah. Really? Yes. Which is shocking to me. The thing is though, that like you said it, the information is already out there zillow controls so much realtor.com like mls their information's already out there and Mm -hmm. and and guess what they can't be you so any agent that's listening to this uh who's kind of like that like covering their i i my first brokerage that i was at we i dealt with that and i said hey can i do an open house at your listing this weekend i like i'd love to do it and i'd love to help you and they were like no why would you do that and i said (laughs) because it helps the client get people through the door because the agent's not able to do it. And it helps me get maybe a buyer and mm-hmm. it looks so against it. And I just never got that. And then for those people that are kind of like covering their, you know, their paper from everybody seeing like, they're not you. That's the best right. part. You and I, we could know the exact same thing, study the exact same thing, have the exact same listing appointment and presentation, say the exact same script word for word, minute for minute. But the fact of the matter is they're either going to connect with you or they're going to connect with me. And that's the individual. And that's where personal development comes in. So you grow who you are and who you present to the public, right? Right. And you stick to your own strengths and you know, you might have a client who's looking for somebody with those strengths Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a relationship, you know? And I tell people at listing appointments often, like, look, this is a relationship. We're going to be working very closely together for the next, you know, whatever, two, three months. And like, we have to mesh, you have to be, you know, both on both sides, it has to work. And so yes, uh, speaking to what your strengths are specifically, and and running with that is so key. Tell me real quick, uh, like rapid fire, what CRM do you use? So I have top producer. I'm not as into it as I should be. Um, just cause it just, you know, I, I kind of brought on an assistant just a couple months ago, actually. And I've kind of had her start to revamp my top producer, put things in there. Um, but really I just old school Excel sheet. Um, I have a, like a tracker and every time I have a closing, I log the date, 
the, you know, the client, the sale price, where I got that client, what agent I worked with on the other end. So any print information that I might want to go back and look to, I can. And so I just, yeah. And so that's how I know my number so easily. That's how I know, you know, where my business is coming from. And it's very simple. It's just an Excel sheet. It's nothing crazy. Um, but that's kind of what I found to, and I think that's actually my, what I added you're to the your gift. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, spoil just, a surprise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Real quick, before we talk about the gift, I want to wrap up here, but I really want to talk about agent safety. And the reason why is because I just had this conversation with a blonde female under 30 in my office the other day. And so you're a blonde female under 30 sitting in front of me right now. So I, I want to get your take on it. And it's not just because of that, but I kind of ask every agent. Um, and I know that I talk about this more with female agents. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I was talking about this with my mom the other day because my mom's getting her license and she said, you know, what do you do if people are coming into an open house? Like, how do you protect yourself? And I said, you know, it's a, it's a great question. So I want to talk to you about like from a female perspective, but also from an agent perspective. And what do you do to, to protect yourself at open houses or just with the general public? Yeah, that I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, we, as an association, we just um, adopted, it's this app called Forewarn, and it's free to all of our members. Um, and it's such an incredible tool because you can plug in somebody's phone number, anybody who's calling you, anybody you're supposed to oh, meet, plug nice. in their phone number, and it pulls up all the public records. It's nothing that's, you know, not available to the public, but might have been harder to find. Sure. Pulls up any, you know, criminal charges they might have against them, any, like anything, what kind of cars they drive their address you know their age so if there are any discrepancies you know ahead of time and that has been we just rolled that out like a a month or two ago but um it's funny that you bring that up because i was just meeting with a new agent um last week and she asked me what can i do to stay safe and so i was talking about the app and i actually had a situation this year there was a guy in our market who um assaulted an agent at an open house with a stun gun and yes so when i saw the article and in my market in in one town over from me um when i saw the article and i saw the name i was like oh my god i know that guy he was in my phone um he had reached out to me like a year ago and asked to see properties and i had this (laughs) this is the only time i've ever done this but i had a gut feeling and i was like you know what it's just not worth it to me so i referred it to an agent in my office a male agent and he never called him back, which I thought was weird, but I didn't yep. think much of it. And then when I saw his name, I was like, Oh my God, like that it could have been you. Could have been me. So that was a real eye opener. And as I'm sitting with her telling her this story, I'm like, you know what? If I had the forewarn app back then, here's what I could have, you know, found out from that phone call. So I plugged in his number and I saw that, you know, he had charges of aggravated or, robbery with a, oh you know, with a weapon or whatever and like that would have made me absolutely not go on that appointment so yeah. it's definitely and i think it is available i don't know if, if it's available what was it called again associations it's called forewarn forewarn mm-hmm. okay but before i had that i was googling every number i no longer do open houses alone i will always have a lender or somebody standing in for my lender um but i just it's not worth it no it's not it's not it's totally not worth it <laughs> Totally not, not worth it. Not at all worth it. Yeah. Well, I, so, I definitely I definitely appreciate that. So let's wrap this up and let's talk about your free gift. So, Megan, you're going to be giving us something of 
really good value to you. So that you kind of talked about it earlier. It's the um, spreadsheet tracker for your closed transactions, right? Or your active and closed transactions. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep. So what I do is, um, like I said, everything that I use, I just made a column. So you can add to it, take away from it. And then I have a tab for every single year. So I can go into that and I can see all the way from 2014, every single deal, every single, you know, all the details of that deal. So, you know, it's blank for anybody else to just download and fill in. Um, and you can just keep creating tabs for every single year. I mean, That's it's awesome. simple, but it works for me. So that is really awesome. Well, Megan, Megan Beachin from, you say Chicago or do you say suburbs, suburbs of Chicago? Suburbs. I don't really okay. work the city, so <laughs> <Got it. laughs> definitely suburbs. <laughs> well, Megan Beachin from the suburbs of Chicago, thanks so much for being on. And if you want to get a hold of Megan, you can find all her info at hybendigital.com uh, backsplash Megan Beachin. That's B-E-E-C-H-E-N, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. And what? all of her info will be there along with Megan's free gift of the spreadsheet which honestly I want to check out because as I enter my, my, you know, later years in this business, not later years, but I've been in the business, uh, some days it feels like forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I, I, I literally find myself going back to simplify, simplify, simplify. So, uh, if you want to check out, uh, Megan's gift, it'll be on the website again, hyvendigital.com forward slash Megan Beachin. Another way to get the gift would be to go to the agent toolbox, uh, where you can find Megan's gift as well as every other guest gift that has been in the history of real estate rock stars. You can check out agent success toolbox at hybendigital.com forward slash toolbox. Or for more tech people out there, you can text the word toolbox to 444-999, text toolbox, and you can get Megan's gift and everybody else's gift. So Megan, thank you so much for being on the show and keep us posted to your success. And, uh, Rockstar Nation really appreciates you. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Our pleasure. All right, take care. Thank you. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, 
the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe and listen. There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day. And thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>